We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. From KMOX Sports. The bases are loaded. This is the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Swing and a long one to left. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm. Because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. He hits one deep to left field. You That's a grand slam for Yadier Molina. It's a slammer. With special reports from Cardinals Camp and the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. It's always a good day when I get to talk baseball with my friend Mike Farron from MLB Network Radio, the host of Power Alley alongside uh, former Major League GM Jim Duquette, who's also, by the way, super nice guy, which is great because they got a pairing of super nice guys on Power Alley. Uh, Mike, thank you for doing this, man. I always appreciate your time. You guys are the best. Uh, I'm a nerdy fan of the show, so it's always good to get to talk to one of my favorite hosts. Well, it's great to talk to you, and I appreciate you lying about how uh, Jim and I comport ourselves. So that's really nice. I will say this too: this is no lie. This time of year, I'm just jealous of where you live because you're you're in the Phoenix area, and you've got all of those spring training sites reasonably close to where just where you live. I am so jealous of that. Yeah, it's pretty nice. I mean, we just wrapped up our last spring training tour stop today and and i hit all the camps out here but one um it you know it's great to be able to to be back in a semi-normal fashion getting yeah. information doing interviews finding out you know what you need um to get ready for the season so yeah it's i you can't beat arizona in march and um, you know, the first part of April, you know, July and August, you know, yeah, I mean, it's still better than, than the humidity in St. Louis, I guess, but it's plenty hot then. But, uh, but for right now, yeah, it's, I mean, it's perfect for, uh, for, you know, trying to, to get around and see everybody you can in spring. So I know I told you via text earlier, I kind of want to get a little Intel on uh, the NL Central teams that are out there, and and certainly not just what you, you what you've learned by seeing it in person or doing this this the spring training tour reports, but also just your day to day conversation with people, your guests, and all that. So I want to get to that in a second, but I did want to start just what w- what your thoughts are on the Cardinals and the way they're made up and the injuries with Reyes and Flaherty and all that going into the year. What what's your view on them? Yeah, I've got a real tough time getting a good read on them. Um, I, you know, I feel like the Flaherty injury is significant. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just because it, you know any time missed from your best starting pitcher is you know is problematic. I mean, I think a big reason why um, the Cardinals scuffled for most of the summer is because they didn't have Flaherty anchoring the rotation. I know some of it gets gets put on the offense, but. Man, that's a stopper. That's a true top of the rotation type guy. Yep. So, um, you know, I think losing him for for any stretch isn't isn't going to be great. And you know, the same with Reyes. And I know Reyes had his you know issues for at, at times, and certainly issues with watch last year. But um, those are two real important arms for them. I I don't you know I don't know how to 
properly assess the back end of the rotation. I'm going to watch a little of Verhagen mm-hmm. um, in his last start, but it seemed like he was working on his sinker as opposed to going with the, the four-seam curveball mix and we anticipate. I haven't seen Aaron Brooks at all this spring, but apparently he was really good in Korea, and the Cardinals deserve the benefit of the doubt, I, I think, on, on pitchers especially that they've brought from um, Asia, whether they're, they're you know Japanese yeah. or Korean pitchers or – or American pitchers that have gone there to kind of reshape themselves and reform themselves. So um, I think that's really interesting. I would assume, I, well, I, hate, I hate to assume, I, I get an idea of who has helped make those recommendations in the Cardinals front office, and it's pretty, he's a pretty good scout. So, um, you know, I think that there's some, there's some good stuff that, that they've done, but I have a tough time really getting a read on how good their pitching depth is um, you know, where that left-handed balance outside of Corey Dickerson is going to come from the lineup. And I guess the biggest benefit they have is that outside of Milwaukee, there's not a team that you look at and go, yeah, that's a playoff team in the division. So there should be some wins for their, there for the taking. But I just don't have – I don't have the warm fuzzies about the Cardinals that mm-hmm. I do about, like, Milwaukee in that division. You know, you make a good point about the rotation because it, I've said for the entire offseason – actually, I was saying it even last year, Mike, that – the rotation was the only big problem the Cardinals had all year last year until they went out and got a couple of old guys in Lester and Happ. But I shouldn't leave Wade LeBlanc out of that because when he first came in, he helped stabilize too. And I think the moves that they've made this offseason are kind of like those moves, but preemptively. Like Verhagen and Brooks, strike throwers that can give you that depth that they didn't have at this time last year. And it nearly torpedoed the entire season and would have if not for the 17 game winning streak. Yeah, I think it's a great point because I think, you know, death is paramount and and I think it's especially so uh in a season that's going to be um that's going to be disjointed, you know, and, yeah, I, and yeah. I think this counts as that with a shorter spring training, right? Yep. So um so I I'm I, you know, I think that that from that standpoint they've put themselves in a little bit better position, but then again, you know, they had but theoretically, on paper, they had Carlos Martinez for some of that last year too, and obviously that didn't, you know, it, it didn't go well <laughs> no. performance-wise and injury-wise, right? But right. so, so like, there's there are yes and no, but I think you're right that they are in a deeper spot, and I'm I'm really kind of curious about this offense. Like what you saw from Bader last year is really encouraging. Mm-hmm. You know, what does mm-hmm. year two in a full season of Carlson look like? Um, you know, Goldschmidt, it sounds like, has been – I was talking to somebody who had seen a bunch of them this spring and Ooh. said that he was as locked in as he has been in the spring training, and he's never been the fastest starter. So, um, you know, that's interesting, although I will say that, that – and this deserves the heavy heaping grain of salt um, – it is spring training. And yes. I have decided, Wheel, that I am just not going to pay attention to any results that <laughs> spring training ever again. Yeah, I'm with because you. Because it doesn't mean a damn thing. No. No, it doesn't, especially not for a guy like that. You know, it means something for somebody trying to win a team, win a spot on the team or win a spot in the lineup. Then when you're a, when you're a, a boss man like Goldie is and you, you, it, it good or bad doesn't tell me much of anything. I mean, it just tells me that you, you're seeing the ball pretty well right now. And, you know, when a guy like that seeing the ball, he's going to put up big numbers. Now, you mentioned Milwaukee and, you know, look, this is their consensus uh, pick to win the division justifiably so. They won 95 games last year. They were the best team in the division. They clearly have the best rotation in the division, maybe in the National League. Uh, they have the best back end of the pen with Hayter and Williams. So, I mean, they, they have a lot going for them. Uh, what what specifically do you like about them, Mike? And then where are your concerns about Milwaukee? 
Yeah, I mean, I think you hit on on some of the biggest points there. I mean, I think you know they. I think they have the best trio of starters of any team in the majors. Yeah. You know, I don't think yeah. you can put together a threesome that's better than Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta if they stay healthy. I think they are de- deep behind that. I think Aaron Ashby is really intriguing as their sixth guy. Um, you know, Williams and Hader are great. I think it's a little bit better offensive team that gets credit for. Um, it had a, they had a really bad April and first part of May, and then Colton Wong came back and they acquired Willie Adamas, um, and things got better. And once Yelich got back in the lineup, while he didn't hit for um, the same power or authority, he still got on base and created opportunities. So um, I think it's actually a, a deeper, better offensive group. Keston Hura, again, like his look better in spring. We don't know how that's going to translate but you know that's a guy that had a ton of success in 2019 and it's not rum i i don't also don't count really anything that happened in 2020 because you know i don't know how to <laughs> small sample size yeah season properly right so as far as i'm concerned he had a down 21 um and guys certainly have been known to bounce back from that so i think they're you know if you were to look at them like do they have enough left-handed pop i mean rowdy Tellez, i like and you know he could provide some of that um, are they deep enough on the infield? I mean, Jace Peterson's going to be the opening day third baseman, it looks like, because of the, the quad injury that Luis Urias can't quite shake. But, man, I think that's a pretty good team. And, and Wheels, I think you know me well enough to, to know that I very rarely like to venture out onto the ends of limbs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm with in, in my way, I probably shouldn't be doing that anyway, but. I think Milwaukee has the smell of a 100-win team or close to it. Wow. They remind me a lot of the 2015 Royals. It would not be a hmm. surprise to see them steamroll a good chunk of the National League. Now, I still think the Dodgers are the best talent-wise. For but sure. Yeah. I, think, I think Milwaukee is really, really good. And to me, I think I, we had to do predictions and – um, you know, they were my National League champion. I think they're, I think they're really, really good, um, and I'm excited to see them again this year. Now, you mentioned the rest of the division, and obviously I, I don't know how much time we need to spend on the Pirates because, um, well, I mean, they're the Pirates, and they're doing Pirates things again this year, although they might have a couple of interesting guys. I mean, I'm really, I'm really curious to see O'Neill Cruz and guys like that, but, I mean, we, we know that it's not much of a lineup. There's not much ter- in terms of starting pitching. The bullpen is still being sorted out. I don't need to spend a lot of time on them, but I am curious about the Reds and the Cubs and not whether they can contend because I'm not sure. I don't know what you think, Mike, but I, I don't think that – I think you mentioned it earlier. I don't think they can be in the conversation with Brewers and Cards, you know, when it comes to playoff spots or wild card. But I'm just curious to see how, how much of a threat you think they are, starting with the Reds who – have changed a lot. They've gotten rid of some of their best players and, you know, they've gone about it a little different way. I, I don't see a path to a lot of success, but I do think there are a couple of interesting guys there. Well, yeah. And that's kind of, you know, we were there today. So this is oh, good. Know, fresh in my mind. I, I don't think they're uninteresting. I think that's the part that's unique about this Reds team. I mean, I think from a talent standpoint, they're not where they were over the last two years, but the pieces may fit together a little bit better. And if you, you take little portions of it, you know, the bullpen's going to be a big question mark, but they've got some interesting guys. Um, I really like Art Warren. You know, I, he's not a big name, but but he's a guy that has always thrown strikes. And uh, he's an Ohio kid, too. And, uh, I'm you know, I'm kind of curious to see what his role is like. It sounds like Luis Sessa is more of a sinker baller, might get the first opportunity mm. at the back end of their bullpen. Um, you know, like they're, they've got some young guys there. They have an extremely young rotation and, and, you know, Luis Castillo and, and Mike Miner, who they acquired in a trade 
um, you know, are going to open the year on the injured list. So right. four of their first five starters have less than a full year of service time, and two in Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo, who are former first-rounders, are going to make their first uh, start of the year in the first week of the season. Mm. Games four and game six, I think. So, um, you know, I think and they've got a really brutal schedule early, too. It's a lot of Dodgers and Padres on the road. And, um, you know, like they have a two-game – they have two of something like their first – 11 or 13 at home and those are against Cleveland who we know can pitch so um, but those guys are young there's probably going to be some um, growing pains with the rotation but the lineup has a chance to be pretty decent and you know the top third of it is probably going to be something like India Votto and Bam in some order and yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if there are more nights than not that a starter's looking at the 25 pitches at the end of the first inning. That's a good point. With that trio there. Yeah. And I think that, that to me is really interesting. That That's one of the most interesting spots of that is because those three guys just grind the heck out of the bats. And I think that's going to be fun to watch. So um, the position players aren't quite as young, although Tyler Stevenson, their catcher, has a chance to be really good. I'm excited to see Jose Barrero play more once he gets gets back from a hammy bone injury. Um, but they're, you know, they're interesting, at least, I think, even though they're they're probably not a contender for a postseason berth, they would need an awful lot to go right, including, um, you know, a number of inexperienced pitchers pitching at the top of their ability right away. What about the Cubs, Mike? I know you're familiar with them, obviously, Chicago kid originally, and obviously being out there, seeing them in the spring. It's 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 it, it, it's it's interesting. I mean, like it's a jumble of things, right? I mean, like they did some really smart stuff like I think Stroman was a great guy to just jump in and get even if you're not ready to contend but to have him uh in the organization and start to build forward kind of like what they did with John Lester I really think it's intriguing to see what they get out of Seiya Suzuki uh but after that it's like veteran minor leaguers who had big runs with them last year like Wisdom and Schwindel there are other guys that are maybe looking to kind of get their footing at the big league level I just don't know what to make them I don't think they're horrible but I also don't think that this is a good year for them. Yeah, I think it's – so they should be a pretty good infield defense, I think, you know, with Andrelton Simmons and Nick Madrigal up the middle. Although Simmons is hurt to open the year. Right. Um, they're going to get a lot of contact from their staff. They don't miss a whole lot of bats. Their bullpen the last five or six years has been pretty good, and I expect that to be pretty decent too. But I do not think it's a particularly good Cubs offense. Um, and I think, you know, Suzuki is interesting. I'm really curious to see what they have. And I'll be interested, too, to see, you know, how much of what we saw over the last two months is real from Frank Schwindel. Mm-hmm. Schwindel is a guy who always hit in the minor leagues, you know, and just never had gotten the opportunity. And those kind of right, right first basemen sometimes don't get chances until later or don't make the adjustments until later. So I'm a little bit curious to see what that ends up like. But, man, in terms of middle infield production, that – there's no power there right, with Madrigal, right. Simmons, and Horner. Um, and in Simmons and Horner in particular, you've got guys that – well, I said throw Madrigal in that too. Guys that aren't going to walk a ton and are just going to make some contact, and I think there's going to be weak contact. You know, is, is second half Ian half the real Ian half? If so, that's a pretty darn good player. And maybe maybe he's finally got his swing in a spot, you know, from both sides of the plate that he can be a solid contributor. But – you know, Jason Hayward's going to play center field. He has not been particularly productive offensively. Um, Contreras is still a good player. Um, you know, they've got VR as as kind of an extra option uh, off the bench. Is probably their backup at shortstop to open the year with Simmons out. And and it's 
it feels a little bit like a team that's trying to catch lightning in a bottle. I mean, no team signed more major league free agents than the Cubs did this winter. Yeah. And then you look up at the roster at the end of the day and you're like, and okay. Like <laughs> it, it's, it's just, it's like they're trying to be better than what they were the last two months of last season, which was atrocious. Right. Um, but I think they're, they're probably like, they're a transition team in the same way that Cincinnati is a transition team. They just decided to go about it in a, a different manner, which is like, Hey, we're going to take some floor guys here. Whereas Cincy, you know, like I love the fam signing. Well, you know how I feel about Tommy Fam anyway. Yes. I love Tommy Fam. Yep. And so, like the idea of him being a bounce back candidate, that maybe even flip at the deadline, I think it's there's a lot of value there. So, um, I yeah, I'm kind of with you. I think that, I think those teams are probably battling for third place. If I had to pick one that you know might be a surprise who could sneak by the Cardinals into second, it'd be my guess is. I would probably pick Cincinnati, although I could change that tomorrow, but I don't think <laughs> that's likely either. So, Really good point. Mike, you're the best, man. I really appreciate your work. You know that. Um, and your insight being able to see these teams and be up close with them during the spring has been phenomenal. You and Duke do a great job day to day. And really, I know no matter who you're paired with, you got, you do a great job there. But tell Duke I said hi. Enjoy opening day, and we'll definitely reach out at some point soon, man. But you're the best. Thanks for doing this. Anytime, Wheels. It's always good to be on with you, my friend. Take care of yourself and uh, make sure you got your sunscreen. (laughs) Oh, SPF 800 always. (laughs) Me too. Thanks, Mike. We'll see you, buddy. That's Mike Farron from MLB Network Radio. Again, hosts Power Alley with with, uh, Jim Duquette. um, And uh, in the it's. I was going to say in the morning, I guess it depends on where you are in the country, but here, uh, 9 a.m. to noon, Central Time on MLB Network Radio. And in case you don't know, Mike, Mike and, is like me and, and, and Matt here. We're, uh, we're all gingers, and the sun is not our friend. Uh, that's why I have the joke about the sunscreen. I'm going to have a couple other quick thoughts on what he just said about, in particular, uh, the Cubs, Reds, and Brewers. And uh, then coming up top of the hour, we're going to be getting you over to basketball coverage with the national championship game coming up tonight. So it'll be Kansas and North Carolina here on KMOX After Sports Open Line. Hang tight. A little more baseball when we come back. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.